right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right, Nancy, Brian, welcome to In Your Corner, a core physical therapy podcast. That's what this is all about right here, right now. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I like that. I like the spunkiness and the pepper. All right. For the listeners out there, let's uh, talk a little bit about who you both are. Nancy, a little 411 on who you are. My name is Dr. Nancy Burns. I am the Regional Sports Medicine Coordinator for the Tampa area for Cora Physical Therapy. Do, did, did I just, should see, your Zoom says, just says Nancy, so I'm, uh, should it have doctor in the front of it? Because you are a doctor. I am. I am. All I right, Dr. Nancy, that's it. There, so there it Brian, you, you, now you. <laughs> <laughs> now, man, it's a tough act to follow. Man, it, is. Um, it is. It is. So I'm Brian Anderson. Um, I am the sales team leader for Active Tracks, which is Core Physical Therapy's sports medicine and community outreach platform. Active Tracks. All right. That's right. Let's get into this conversation because I didn't know this, but you guys knew this, and, and clearly Core Physical Therapy knew this. This is Athletic Training Month. Yes, it is. Uh, Nancy, what does that mean? Dr. Nancy, sorry. Dark, Dr. Nancy, sorry. You're fine. You know, it's going to be the whole time I'm going to sit there and go, oh, she's going to go back and say, she's even call me doctor. No, so, uh, athletic, so March is National Athletic Training Month. And this is an opportunity both for um, companies and industries that work with athletic trainers just to kind of show a little bit of appreciation, show a little bit of love. Um, for the energy that we give our active populations and for others um, to, to realize that um, we are a part of the healthcare system. So it's really just a month of um, celebration and promotion. See, I like that. I mean, th there's a ton of definitely athletic trainers out there, right? And I didn't know this. I didn't know that they're, they should be celebrated. Yes, they motivate. They make people better. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So in this, in this month, tell me a little bit about the difference between, what is athletic training? Going Gosh. to you, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to me? Okay. Yeah. Hey, it, it's, this is how it works. I sort of ping pong back and forth. That's perfect. <laughs> and if, if I don't All do right. it, somebody better chirp in. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. So an athletic, an athletic trainer is an allied health professional. Um, we specialize in kind of orthopedic and, and traditional sports medicine senses. Um, traditionally, they're the people on the field that provide the emergency medicine and assessments to, to injured athletes. But uh, honestly, in, in the recent history of athletic training, there's really been uh, bridging out, I'll say, um, where we're, we're active, wherever there's active people. Um, and again, that, that can encompass a, a whole slew of different attributes in job settings. Um, but really we're there to help active populations when they get hurt, um, before they get hurt, um, and then recover and get back to what they love to do. 
Do you work, uh, Nancy, do you work closely with the PT community as well? Because when we start talking about uh, definitely athletics and training and all of that stuff, that's getting out there. Do you, do you work closely with uh, PT in, in some situations? Oh, absolutely. And certainly um, the, the model within core of physical therapy is, um, you know, when it comes to the care of an individual, we, we use the best of both professions. So if we were to imagine athletic trainers and physical therapists, like the Venn diagram that um, encompasses them both, right. we are both a part of rehabilitative sciences. Um, you know, so athletic trainers are taught to rehabilitate post-injury, um, whether that injury is something oh. simple as an overuse or something as dramatic as a, um, you know, as a ligament reconstruction surgery, but so are physical therapists. And so where we work best together is to think of it in a more traditional sense where athletic trainers um, have more training kind of in the before and during. And we will, we will get them back, um, just as Brian said, you know, back to the things that they do best. But that's where, um, at least it, within Cora, where our physical therapists really shine, right? It's in that post-injury care. Yeah, see, and, and that's yeah. so important. Go ahead, Brian. Let's say, can I can I add on to that just a little bit? Um, Absolutely. I mean, really, when we talk about if they do work together, uh, my opinion is they should work together, um, and not just in Cora. Obviously, we work a lot very closely in Cora, um, but again, it's it's kind of a symbiotic relationship where we have these athletic trainers on the fields, and they maybe be, be the first one to diagnose or, or assess these injuries. Um, and a physical therapist may take them all the way back to almost be ready on the field. And then an athletic trainer takes over again. So again, there's this partnership that works really well, um, when it's hitting on all cylinders. Brian, back um, so at yeah. you. I got this one question. I'm going to, I'm going to have to sort of, sort of go off on a tangent real quick. You mentioned something okay. called active tracks. Uh -huh. Can you explain a little bit to the, the listeners about active tracks? And then we'll get back into the conversation. I didn't want to let that. Absolutely. Yeah. So active tracks is what we call our sports medicine and community outreach program. Um, so anything we do outside of the clinics in the community, we consider a part of active tracks. Um, and active tracks does, you know, like we were just talking about, does include our physical therapists getting out in the community as well. Um, so really anything from what we consider traditional sports medicine, i.e., you know, an athletic trainer in a college or a high school setting um, to working in an industrial setting, um, doing ergonomics and, and that type of stuff. Um, we also have a really, really high number of these really cool, what we call community partners, where we go into certain places and again, we help them grow. They kind of help us grow. Um, and it's just good for branding and for helping our patients. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Let me ask you this one question. Uh, being, I, I'm not 60 yet, but I'm so close to being 60. Is there a, a, a limit from, uh, and it's coming to you, Nancy, is there a limit that I need, or I have to be aware of from a, from an athletic trainer's perspective as I grow older? What, what would be the best way of being able to do that? The best way to grow old? Well, to stay in shape. Well, I think I know how to grow old and I, and I don't even try, but, but to stay, to, to stay in shape, to, to have that quality of life. How do I incorporate 
uh, that athletic training component? Uh, I think the best advice uh, or the best recommendations um, that we can give is just to stay active, um, you know, to make sure that if, um, especially if that recommendation comes down from your doctor, um, you know, to make sure that you're, um, that you're active three to five days a week, whether it's walking, um, you know, doing work in the yard, if you are um, active, and do more traditional sports, whether it's weightlifting or running um, or some other type of competition or competitive activity, then to make sure that you're taking care of yourself off the field. So if you know that you are tight and you need to stretch, then I don't need to tell you that you should be stretching. Um, right? <laughs> if, if you come off of a court or a field, and something hurts um, and, you know, and, and icing could help you. Again, I, I don't need to tell you that. You already know that you need to be taking care of yourself. Um, so really, those are the little things um, that are going to keep a body moving more gracefully longer. But I hear that. Uh, I, I think the key to this, Brian, is, is that you just keep moving. The, the, probably the worst thing that, that I could do or anybody else could do is just become sedentary and just sort of sit there. And you're not talking about something that is that difficult walk that, yeah. or whatever it might be. Just stay active. And that's what, um, you know, in, in my years of athletic training and, and working in, in rehab and stuff, I used to have this conversation with people all the time where, well, I'm just going to quit running because I just don't want to deal with my knees anymore. And I always would tell them, like, I would rather deal with your knees than cardiovascular disease. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can fix your knees. You can get replacements, you can get, so keep, keep pushing, you know, keep doing your stuff. There may be modifications that we can implement to help right. reduce these stresses. You know, maybe you move to an elliptical or, you know, an anti-gravity treadmill when you run or something like that instead of pounding away every day. But again, what's important is that you're, you're keeping doing something. But um, by the way, you, that anti-gravity treadmill is really uh, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It really is. It really is. There's no other way to describe it. We were at a conference. They had one of those, and I got into it, right? And then they sort of did whatever they did to do. They lift my weight off. What was the oddest thing about that is when I got out of it, I felt like I would weigh 300 pounds. It was just the weird feeling. It's like, I got to lug this thing around all over the day. That is amazing. This is what I feel like? This is what I, exactly, exactly. But I, I, what about when it comes to training and all of that, what about the diet aspect? Give us a little background. This is to you, Nancy. Diet, is that important? Uh, yes. Um, so from a, from an athletic training perspective, um, we look at diet, uh, th there's a couple of different ways that we can look at it, uh, for your elite performers, for your Olympians. Um, sure. There are, there are certain foods. There are certain types of foods that are very useful for that population. We know that when a body is working out intensely, there are certain nutrients that have to be replaced as a part of either the recovery process or certainly a part of the performance process. So we can work with registered dietitians um, and nutritionists to, to kind of help build that program. That is one of the elements that makes athletic trainers so special is 
we we are master coordinators when it comes to the working body um we are not wow. trained yeah, we are not trained to be solo experts in diet and in movement and in rehab, but we understand the principles enough to know, okay, we have to bring somebody in on this equation. This is also why you're going to hear athletic trainers, um, we are a part of the sports medicine team, right? So we, we work with active populations who are a part of a team, but our profession is also team-based too. Um, so, you know, to go back to nutrition, where, um, where most people don't think of nutrition is also hydration, right? That, that, that is just oh, as important. Huge. So we talk all day about the importance of hydration because that, that's a part of intake, right? And, and athletic performance or just um, not even athletic performance, but um, moving around in the world. Uh, you know, it matters. So, so we can help people uh, kind of see the, the deficits and, and where that's and give them recommendations for where it's going to take them. So Brian, he, if I came to you and I said, Hey, I am 59. I'm interested in this particular goal, like this athletic goal, whatever it might be. Uh, I want to run a marathon, which I don't FYI. So don't know. Hey, right. Don't put that on that uh, notebook, but let's say I do. And I, can I come to you and just say, this is my goal. And then, like uh, Dr. Nancy indicated, we'll start pulling it all together to create that plan to be able for you to achieve. Can I do sure. that with Cora? Um, you can do most of that with Cora, I would say. Um, as far as we have tons of, of community presence, like I said, where we can bring in the other team members. Um, so say Cora doesn't necessarily employ nutritionists, but we can certainly have, we have those partners that we can bring in. Um, we certainly have the doctor partners that we can bring in. Uh, we even have things like running coaches that we partner with very strongly that we can say, Hey, you know, he wants to start, he wants to run a marathon. This is yeah. the end goal. Um, let's get him on a plan. Um, and then what Cora would do is we'd come in and do something like a functional movement screen um, and look at where strength or flexibility deficits are, or, and again, address those prophylactically so that you're not getting injured down the road. See, and I like that, uh, Dr. Nancy, there, there's this pre-screening. So I come to you with a dream of running a marathon and, and, and just naturally you guys start thinking through that, but I would have to be, you know, screened. It's like, yeah, I got football. I got this. You might want to do that. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so there are a number of screens at core physical therapy that we offer, um, bringing up uh, the functional movement screen that Brian just said, that is actually a, um, a valid assessment tool just to see how your body moves as it should move. So it's going to look at the basic blocks of movement. How are you squatting? How are your shoulders moving? How are your ankles moving? How are your hips moving? Because we've been able to use that functional movement screen and actually tell people whether or not their bodies are set up for success or if they need a little bit of work on strength or flexibility to make sure that they don't get injured. Um, you know, as, as I, um, as I'll tell, you know, some of my younger athletes, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't have, you know, the certain like ankle flexibility that you need, there's, there's no amount of weight that you can squat that's going to get you stronger because your body your ankles are so tight. They're not allowing you to get into the position. Ah, to sure. 
so that's so that's one of the benefits of a functional movement screen is that it it, it looks at the person and their joints and their muscles and see what they're doing in concert with each other. And then we take that assessment and say, okay, well, we're a little tight here. We're a little weak here. And let's put you on a plan to adjust for those imbalances. Jeez. That's, that's and, pretty cool stuff, man. Do you have something to yeah, add to that, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, you know, just to kind of, to piggyback off Nancy, I mean, and we want to look at the whole body, right? So we talked about nutrition. We talked about flexibility. We talked about strength, but other things, um, eyesight. Um, you know, I had a, I had a team doctor tell me one time and it's crazy, but you don't think about it. And his comment was, if you can't see well, are you physically fit? <laughs> and I, we don't ever think about that. And you know? what, 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 what is the answer to that? I mean, obviously depending on what sport you play, it's going to have a lot more impact, right? If you're a runner and you need to be able to see if you're going to trip on something, wow. if you're a baseball player, visual acuity comes in a lot, a lot more. But I agree. So again, I think we look at it, you know, with something like a screen like that and say, are, if you're, if you don't have the right flexibility, are you fit enough to do this? Or should we work on this flexibility before you take this on? If your hamstrings are super weak and your quads are super strong, are you fit enough to go push yourself through these bases? Um, and again, it's very eye-opening for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit on that. One of our other screens, we, we do a lot is we call them complimentary injury screens, but basically just so people can get into our clinics and say, I don't know what's going on. Can you tell me? <laughs> um, and the idea okay. is it's a 15 minute, 15 minute deal. Um, I'm going to look at your knee real quick and you need to see a doctor or you need physical therapy. See, that's interesting because that, that, that means from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this complimentary entry screening, I mean, I can just go pretty much to any Cora location and saying, hey, I don't feel right. And I've uh, been yeah. eating, you know, but, and then go through that and then be able to leave with some sort of clear you know, yeah. picture. Advice on, on what we need to do, yeah. So, and again, whether that be okay. referral out to a doctor or dietitian or what have you, or, you know, hey, we think we can, we know what's going on, we can get this better in therapy. Um, to direct access. All right. So yeah. l- let me, let me just sort of touch upon concussions, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I would imagine oh because of increased activity, right? And I'm pushing myself. Uh, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. That mean me, I'm not, I take chances because I'm not that. Anyway, I, I could theoretically come down with a concussion. Uh, explain to me what that protocol is and what do you do from an athletic perspective? Brian. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me because I actually um, co-wrote and teach our concussion management program at Cora. So, so this is kind of my this is kind of my thing. That was um, just uh, 50-50 on that one. I, I started panicking yeah. there. <laughs> Nancy, te- Nancy actually is is helping teach our, our course as well. So um, but yeah, this is something I'm I'm actually pretty passionate about. Um, just through my history, I kind of got as an athletic trainer, we were seeing them all the time, and I was practicing right at the start of this kind of concussion revolution started, right? Yeah. And, if we, if we look at it, and I always laugh, my career has been centered right in the middle of it. So when I first came out of school, um, we, if you got a concussion, we called him a ding, 
And if your symptoms went away in 15 minutes, we kind of patted you on the butt and said, go play, have a good time. <laughs> and now we know that is the absolute worst thing that could happen. Um, uh, and, and I remember when we started looking into this, um, this was before kind of the whole, I call it the revolution, but the whole thing took place. We implemented a thing at the high school I was working at where if you had a concussion, you were automatically out one week. And you would have thought I set the school on fire. Um, coaches were mad at me. And I'm like, listen, I just don't think your brain can recover in 15 minutes. I just, this is a vital thing that you need. Um, and then a couple of years later, we start getting all this stuff from the NFL and how terrible these things actually are. Yeah. Um, so kind of, kind of in a nutshell, yeah, I mean, we know that a concussion is basically a disruption in your brain function following a blow to the head. Okay, specifically a blow to the head or anything that kind of gives you that whiplash motion that essentially makes your brain move around in your skull. Okay, um, and there is a million different symptoms you can have. Um, you know, the, the common ones are, you know, headache, fatigue, nausea, dizziness. Um, you know, so as an athletic trainer, we are on the front line of this, um, not only in assessing and removing from play these athletes for their safety, but also determining whether it's safe for them to return to play uh, without future incidents. So Nancy, uh, uh, real quick. Uh, so you, there's a determination of a, of, of a concussion. You, you, you set it in, you're saying, okay, we'll, we'll assess in a week or whatever the, the determination. What do you do after that? Let's say you just go down that same road. How do you ensure uh, that this individual is healthy to play again or to be active again or whatever the, the, the situation? What do you do, doctor? Sure. So first I would have to caution um, and to warn, or not warn, but let individuals know that every state has its own set of practice laws. No, no so how, how the Florida-based um, cohort of athletic trainers would handle the situation may be different in Alabama than in Michigan than in Virginia. But no matter what, um, in any state, there is going to be collaboration with a physician. Um, at, at what level and uh, where that happens and or, or where they get brought into the equation is a state-by-state -state thing. Um, for, for Florida, we bring them in early. We bring them in right after um, the injury has happened um, to help the, the parents understand the severity. Um, but it also lets us know as the athletic trainers when it's okay to begin that return to play protocol. Um, and I believe that is the actual question that you're, you're getting at. I am, I am. Yeah, it's the return to play protocol. So um, the return to play protocol is a gradual return to safe practice. And what, what uh, that's entail is very sports specific. So in football, it is going to include, um, depending on the position, um, it might include some sort of conditioning, some type of position specific conditioning, right? Because what a quarterback has to do is very different than a lineman. Um, but the main objective is no matter the individual or no matter the sport is a increase in intensity. Because what we know is that if we return an individual too soon, that jump in intensity will 
highlight symptoms or it'll, it, it'll uh, kind of, right. and then we know, okay, we've gone too far. We have to back, you know, we have to um, go back a little bit. We're not quite ready yet. Um, so once we can graduate somebody from that return to play protocol, we go back to the physician, physician clears it, and then that individual is free to go without restrictions. Yeah, I, I can see so many things that could take place within that return to play protocol, Ryan. Uh, I mean, you can sit there and uh, I would be because of the, the seriousness of concussions, right? Mm -hmm. They are serious. That, that, that protocol is very important. And then, of course, having Absolutely. that doctor come in and say, yeah, check mark, you know, ready to go back. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, so we, we have our own set of return to play protocols that obviously mimic our state laws. Um, mm -hmm. But we just kind of, this, the state laws are very general. Um, so we actually wrote ours for Cora to be extremely specific, like Nancy was talking about. So delineating between a quarterback and defensive back, a running back, a lineman, um, delineating between a pitcher and a hitter or a fielder in baseball. Um, and then we go pretty far um, as well as we even have a return to driving protocol for truck drivers. Uh, we have industrial protocols for people returning to like factory work and, right, and stuff right. as well. Um but that protocol, like you said, is, is immense. And, and the reason behind it is, is because the last step of that protocol is essentially a functional test, right? So if it's a worker, we're basically putting them through a mimic workday, right? To see, can they handle the stresses of this? Can they handle this? Is it going to be safe? Um, obviously, we're in a safe environment when we're doing this. Are they going to be safe back on the factory floor or is this quarterback going to be able to make the decisions to be able to protect himself? Um, and if the answer is no, then we go back a couple of steps and work on some things in rehab and then work back up to it. Do you, Dan, um, I hate to say this. Do you ever get to a point where you, you've just, they, they, there is never a, a, a full or a, a comfort zone to bring the person back into, you know, what they do. And it's like, uh, still, you can't do it. I've, I've had that conversation with athletes exactly three times in my 15 year career. Um, and it's generally either one massive event where somebody's, you know, unconscious on the field and has right. something like a brain bleed and, you oh. know, some dermal hematoma, or it's more likely it's these kids that, you know, in the football season, they get, they get one concussion, they recover, they come back, they get another one. Um, and you, you know, again, high school kids or college kids call the parents and say, hey, listen, we really need to consider whether this is something we want to do. Um, That's a tough conversation. It, it absolutely is. And, and yeah. every time, you know, you get the, but Johnny's going to play for the University of Florida, yeah. play for the University of Alabama. And, and I always <laughs> tell them, I'm like, listen, I want Johnny to be able to do that if it's possible, but I want Johnny to be able to play with his kids in 10 years. <laughs> you know, I want him to be able to hold down a job and be yeah. able to, you know, and not be depressed. And like we've seen with all these um, CTE patients coming out of the NFL, you know, it's just devastating. Oh. And so, so terrible. Um, Spot you know. on. Spot on. Okay. So, one last question. I, I, I have this, there's, uh, there are a lot of trainers out there. They, they mm -hmm. hang their shingles and they, hi, I'm a trainer. <sighs> what degree do I need to, if I'm looking for a trainer, what, what do I need to consider? 
So to, um, so to be clear, athletic trainers are not trainers. Um, that is one of the, Ooh. yeah, we got to talk about it. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, that, that you'll see a lot of folks like myself and Brian, where when we are referred to trainers, you'll see our eyes kind of start twitching or we get this sudden unexpected <sighs> twitch. Um, and the reason for that is because athletic trainers are, we follow a medical-based education model. Yes. Recognized as allied healthcare professionals from the American Medical Association, the Department of Health and Human Services. And unfortunately, trainer can often be a um, a catch-all term. So do you mean computer trainer, dog trainer, personal trainer, um, a, a trainers at um, yeah. counselors, you know, it's like, the, you know, who yeah. training kids, I don't know. And then there's an example. But um, so if you want to become an athletic trainer, remember first that it is a medical-based education. Oh, so, I love it. So there is going to be a long process um, as of um, uh, as of right now, and you know, in 2021, it is a grad or it's a undergraduate education. So you got to go through four years at an accredited program, and then you can sit for the national certification. However, that is changing quite quickly. Um, so by 2022, it's going to be a graduate only education. So now you're going to have to go through four years of undergrad and then find a, a certified program at a master's level. So right, right. Education. Yes, sir. So, so there is a national certification for athletic trainer. Yes, sir. Yes. See, and I, I think there's a branding issue here. Just FYI, you're absolutely spot on. Uh, Dr. I Nancy, I, I mean, there's just, they'll, they'll, there are plenty of trainers out there that wander around the gym and they'll, they'll claim themselves as athletic trainer and, and the individuals that don't know, well, they're like, oh, okay, great. Oh, great. Brian. Oh, great. Doctor. Eh, you know, now that you type of thing. The eye twitch. Now yeah. You understand the I eye understand twitch. it. And that is so important. I want to make sure that, that, that is clarified. So that is good. I got that. And I appreciate the eye twitch doctor. Okay. I feel like I am writing down doctor notes like, okay. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so that, so the, the, uh, the master level is becoming more and more important. It's going to be the standard. It's going to be the standard going forward. Got it. They're in the transition phase right now. I, was gonna say, I, would, I would say most programs are probably already transitioned or yeah. um, pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, very good. All right. With that last question, I'm glad you cleared it up there, doctor. Um, how, how, how do they get a hold of you? To, to, to get, uh, Brian, how, how does somebody say, man, that, that Brian, he touched my heart. Can reach out to me anytime. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I can give you my email, but the easiest way to, to get a hold of Cora in general, if you wanted an injury screen or wanted it just on the website, um, corephysicaltherapy.com, and you can actually get in touch with our rapid referral team. Um, and they'll be able to schedule all those things for you at the clinic, cl clinic closest to you. Um, but if anybody has any questions for, for myself, um, be Anderson one at CoraHealth.com. 
Um, you are absolutely welcome to email me, reach out at any time. And if you want to talk a little bit more intimately by Zoom or phone or anything, then we can certainly set that up. Um, you, uh, you, Dr. Nancy, clearly I'm going to reach out to you just because, well, you're, you're talking. <laughs> How do they get a hold of you? Uh, same. So my email is nburns at corahealth.com. Um, they're more than welcome to reach out if they have any individual questions. Um, but as far as gaining access to any of the screens or if they just need a physical therapist, uh, our website is going to be the best place to do that. Great conversation. I learned a lot. I'm telling you right now, I learned a lot. Uh, you guys are wonderful. A lot of fun. Well, thank you. Yeah. I feel like I can conquer the world. Stay away from that donut. That's what I feel like. That's, yeah, I, I, I have to tell I myself like, that all the time. I do like donuts. I lose that battle a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to do. Don't, don't come down. Well, if you go to Louisiana, absolutely. There's uh, plenty, oh, yeah. of, plenty of options. Unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for joining In Your Corner with Cora Physical Therapy. And, and if you got to, again, listeners, if you want to reach out to these two wonderful professionals, make it so. We're going to have all that contact information, and it's all out there. You just rewind the podcast and figure it out. All right. Thank you very much for joining. Again, in your corner 